0: Welcome to the Person and the Power podcast with Pastor Tim Johnson as he invites us to cultivate a deep and profound relationship with the Holy Spirit of the living and loving God. After 25 years of ministry, Pastor Tim's desire is that all of us would experience both the Spirit's transformational intimacy and the supernatural activity in our daily lives. Now, here's Pastor Tim. Hey, good news. If you're not tired yet, of hearing about groaning? Well, you've come to the right podcast. We're going to talk about it again. So this will be the third week in a row that we will talk about groaning. We're in Romans 8. And as most of you know, if you've been paying attention, you've been watching or listening to the podcast over the last few weeks, you know that we've been taking a slow road through Romans 6, 7, and 8. My goodness, we've been uh, 20 weeks now, something like that. And we're going to take an equally slow road through the rest of Romans 8. Beautiful, powerful, incredible chapter that we are just, I'm just so blessed to, to, to walk us through. And uh, so as you know, if you've been listening, I don't know if there's two of you or 200 of you. I really don't know. I do know each week somebody, either texting or email or sometimes in person, says something to me about this podcast and so far they've all been positive comments. So I really do appreciate that. It's a humbling honor. I really am honored and blessed to to do these podcasts. The only reason I'm doing them is because I think the Holy Spirit has led me to to share my experience and invite people to experience more of the person, which is intimacy, and more of the power, which is activity, of the Holy Spirit. We just, I, I just continue to believe that the church needs to experience both on a very deep and profound level that we need to continue to cultivate a deep and profound relationship with the holy spirit the third person of a holy trinity the very person who lives within uh, within us as christians so we are i'm blessed to continue that and talk about again groaning and, and it's interesting this will be the third of threes i don't think we're going to talk much more about groaning after this not for a while but we are going to talk specifically about groaning this podcast. And this is going to be just as unique as the other two. And it's it's interesting. So if you've been a part of Firmer Chapel, especially the Joshua Center, which is our training center for leaders, uh, biblical leaders, we're, uh, we now are offering ordination. God has just poured out His favor upon the Joshua Center. If you're ever interested in checking that out, you can go to www.thejoshuacenter.org. And you can find more information. We are, we are blessed to be able to offer some real uh, deep and, and, I think, really solid teaching on how to be a biblical leader in our culture today. So, if you've been a part, and I know some who listen to the podcast are also a part of the Joshua Center, then you know this principle. I already hear it. Somebody just said it somewhere. I just heard it. Someone just Someone in the universe just said the principle. So it's the principle of shalosh. So in Hebrew, there is another word for the number three, and it's not shalosh. Shalosh means three in Hebrew, but it means the principle of three. There's a completely different word in Hebrew for the number three. So if I say there are three apples, that's a whole different Hebrew word. If I say the principle of three, referring, oh, I don't know, to Father, Son, Holy Spirit, then there's going to be the word shalosh. So this this groaning that we see here in Romans, it comes in a series of three. I would call that the principle of shalosh, because you see three things. You see it all throughout Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament. Not only do you see it in, in Scripture, you see it in creation. You see it in nature. You see it in, in the heavens. You see it on things of the earth. You see how things are created in threes. It's crazy. If you look, I pray, promise you, you do some research and you study, and I guarantee you, you're going to find this, this, this principle of shalosh all throughout scripture, all throughout creation, even secular. This, the man has, without even knowing it, we've adopted the principle of shalosh, right? Okay. How about Olympics? How many medals are there? Yep. Gold, bronze, and silver. All right. How many colors are there on a stoplight? Yep. How about this? Go to a horse race. Well, don't, but go to a horse race. And you can bet on win, place, or show. It's everywhere, guys. I promise you, if you do some real intentional watching and prayerful, just prayerful, prayerful, uh, uh, being attentive prayerfully, you are going to see and hear and experience the principle of shalosh. Why? It's in our very DNA. It's in the fabric of all of creation. Why wouldn't it be? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Go all the way back to Genesis. Who is in who's in who's a part of creation? Well, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All three, all three persons of the Trinity are a part of the creation of the universe. So without even knowing it, unwittingly, secular man, secular mankind. Have, we have followed the principle of shalosh. That's probably a podcast for a whole different time. We're going to move on to groaning, but anyway, just I, I I find it interesting. We see groaning three times. We've talked about it twice. We're going to talk about it here again this podcast. So let me share with you the story again. Uh, the kind of the pattern of these podcasts. A little bit of a personal story. Jumping right into scripture. So we moved here from a chapel, 2005. So this is a little bit more recent story. A lot of times I'll share childhood stories and but this is a more recent story. This probably happened, I want to say 2008 or 2009. I do remember Merit, who is now 27. She's our oldest daughter. She's our missionary in Columbia. She was probably 14. So that's 13 years ago, maybe uh, something like that. So 2009, is that right? So, um, so whatever it was, she, uh, she was about 14, maybe 15. And dad, me, Had the bright idea on a Friday night to tell Merritt, hey, jump into a four-wheeler that was given to us uh, just to borrow uh, by a man in the church. At the time we were doing apple butter. The church, if you've ever done, if you've never done apple butter, you should try to do find a church or find a ministry or find an organization that does apple butter uh, just one time. It's, it's fascinating. We, this church, used to do it years after years after years. And so being, just living across the street. So Friday of apple butter weekend, usually late late September, early October, in the fall when the apples you know are being harvested. But on Friday is apple peeling day right? So everybody comes to church uh, early, early. People are coring. There's a coring station, there's a peeling station, and there is a quartering station. You better, better, better not uh, uh, quarter wrongly or peel wrongly. Do you know there's a right way and a wrong way to peel an apple? You better believe it. And you better not get a seed in any of those apples. So anyway, you you get all these apples quartered, and then Saturday, Saturday, uh, Saturday is the big day of, of uh, taking uh, everything down to the grove at least here at the church and getting these apples and big, big, big kettles, uh, bronze kettles to under the fire and we'd be stirring all day long until, until, mid, until ver- really late into the afternoon, early evening. And so finally, exhausted, everybody would be done by late Saturday. So apple butter was a great weekend. We, we loved it. It really was fun. And so we, lived, we live across the street from the church, as most of you, many of you know. And so Gary Kitterman, dear precious man in, in the church here, uh, and uh, just uh, my son's father-in-law, uh, and, but he would always bring his, his four-wheeler on Friday, because Taylor and I, living across the street, we'd be the, one of the first ones at the church at 4.30 or so in the morning, and we would take uh, we would take uh, all the sugar and all the barrels of apples and all the cans and jars and equipment, and we would take it down to the grove, up and down, up and down, up and down this hill in the gator, right? And so as Gary dropped the gator off to us Friday night, I decided it'd be a great idea to help merit really hone her driving skills. Okay. Here we are ten thirty, eleven o'clock at night in the parking lot in this big paved parking lot. And we, I said, now here's how you drive. And here's, you know, turn left, see how you feel, turn right. See, you know, here's the gas, here's the brake, you know, everything was going great until dad decided, Hey, why don't you just go up into the cemetery and I'll kind of show you how to maneuver around things. Hmm. Hmm. You ever had that sense, right? It sounded like a good idea at the time. I'm not even sure if that sounded like a good idea at the time. But anyway, I knew at that point, at 14, 15 years old, however old Merit was, she did not like this idea. You, you just, She said, no, Dad, no. I said, yeah, come on, you're fine. So... <laughs> So we're facing the cemetery now. It's up on a little bit. So the, you know, of course, we're in the paved parking lot. Cemeteries uh, and, and, of course, in the in the grass, in the in in the dirt and grass. And so there's a little rise. There's a little hump. There's a little incline that, as you go from the 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 parking lot to the to the cemetery, you got to kind of give. You got to give a little gas to get over. And so I said, "Now, Mary, you have to really kind of give it a little gas here." And she, and she, uh, just as we were getting there. Uh, she, t- took, she took her hands off the wheel, actually, and said, No, no, Dad, I'm scared. And so I put my left foot onto the gas. Yep, I'm in the passenger seat. She's in the driver's seat. I put the left hand, I put the left foot on the gas, give it the gas it needs to go up that little incline into the cemetery, and as it does, she, again, her hands are off the wheel, and I try to reach in and grab the wheel, while the steering wheel starts spinning. This column starts, uh, you know, it spins, Catching my left index finger and whipping it so hard that it actually tears the tendon from my left index finger knuckle, the top that big knuckle from the wrist, and then we of course crash into us. Uh, we crash into a a headstone that's probably 1860 something, you know, Civil War era. I, I mean, it's like crazy. And here's the the at, at that one point. Now praise God, we didn't do a whole lot of damage to the gator. Uh, I did call Gary and apologize that night, I think. So anyway, that day, the next day, Saturday, I had to have my index finger tied to my middle finger because that index finger was useless. Long story short, had to have surgery. Went to, a, a had surgery uh, probably about two, three weeks later. So here we are. I don't remember exactly. I think, I want to say it was a Friday when I had surgery. So have you ever heard, stay ahead of the pain, Have you heard that? Stay ahead of the pain. That means if you have surgery, and there's no such thing as minor surgery unless it's not happening to you, amen? I was told to stay ahead of the pain. Now, how I didn't, I do not know. But somewhere, and now you had arm block, uh, and a big long story even there, they gave me a little anesthesia. I I was singing joy, 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 down in my heart apparently. uh, But anyway, I get home, uh, my kids love. That's probably another podcast for another time. My kids love it when I get any kind of anest- any any kind of anesthesia because uh, I've seen cats in operating rooms. I've taken hot air balloon rides. Um, I've been I've been uh, I've I've driven trains through coffee shops. Yep. Anyway, so here I, here I am. Uh, I'm a little loopy, but I'm very grateful for the pain block because the pain block basically made my whole left arm completely numb, and so I go. And I go home, uh, I've got my ice pack, and uh, I think I'm taking my pain pills, right? 10 o'clock Friday night was the first stabbing pain. And that whole night, you can ask my wife, oh my gosh, I have never felt pain like this. Never. I think I have a relatively high pain tolerance. At least that's what people tell me. And, And I think it's true. But this pain was unlike any other pain in all of the world of pain. And it was horrendous. I could never get ahead of it again. Once I got behind it, it was a catch-up job from, the, from that point on, but I never caught up to it. And it was horrendous. We, I, at one point, I remember my poor wife thinking, do I call the hospital? Do I call the emergency room? What do I do Because all I was doing was literally groaning. I mean, it was was all I, I didn't have any words. Literally, I had nothing, I couldn't even say anything. I like, literally, I was, I mean, these loud, like, oh! I mean, these loud, horrible, painful groans that just emanated from the very, 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 very deepest part of me because of the deep, deep pain. And I know, listen, I know there's a lot of pain a lot of people have. That's going to be a lot worse than that. But I just, in my fifty-nine years, I've been blessed. I have been blessed so, so much. I've had emotional pain and spiritual pain, and a lot of, and I've had, I've had physical pain, but that probably is the greatest physical pain that I can remember. As far as just the pain, it went to the very bone of the bone of the bone. It just, it just felt like it couldn't stop. It never would stop. Nothing touched it. Nothing touched it. And so, praise be to God. At some point, I think some point Saturday or Sunday, it, it relented. But I remember for hours, hours, my, again, my wife just trying to figure out, what do I do? What do I do? I, I groaned and groaned and groaned. And here we are, here we are with the third groaning. Interesting. Look at this. We pick up at verse 26. And the Holy Spirit, this is chapter 8, Romans eight twenty-six. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. We're going to come to 27 here in just a little bit, I hope. Uh, we'll see how long we stay on 26. Fascinating, incredible verse. So think about the first groaning. So two weeks ago, what did we talk about? You remember? We talked about all of creation is groaning. Somebody say creation. Creation. Verse nineteen: All of creation is waiting for that future day. All of creation. Verse twenty: I Subjected to God's curse. Curse twenty-one: All of creation is looking forward to the day, right, when we'll join God's children in glorious freedom. Verse twenty-two: We know all creation has been groaning in pains of childbirth, almost. All right. So that's the first groaning we looked at two weeks ago. Last week, anybody remember the groaning? these achy, breaky bones, right? We, we talked about toes. We won't go there again, but we talked about toes and we talked about what part of your body helps you look forward to the resurrection. What part of your body? That's a whole different way of thinking about it, right? And we we, grown we, we, and our bodies just, oh my gosh, our bodies... Uh, sometimes betray us, right? I'm only 59 and I've still got, I've got pain that I didn't think I was going to have at 59. And so, but guess what? If I think about it in this way, if, if the lens of my pain is, I'm, I, I can't wait for the resurrection. Why? Because I'll never have pain again, baby. So, so that pain can help me look forward to the resurrection, however long that is, right? So the first pain is creation, the first groaning is creation. The second groaning is us as Christians. So creation groans. Christians groan. And now look at this. The comforter groans. Look at the principle of shalosh. Look at the three C's. Creation groans. Christians groan. And now the comforter groans. What in the world does that mean? Now, I've heard this passage many, many times in my 26 years of being a Christian. And unfortunately, I have heard this used by some of my charismatic uh, assembly of God, Pentecostal friends, dear friends, dear brothers and sisters in Christ. Love, 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 uh, love them dearly. Uh, I have said before, probably a podcast for another time, I'm a recovering charismatic. Uh, I, 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 I believe in the gift of tongues. I believe in miracles. I believe in every part of the supernatural, love the supernatural, Uh, but I'm so fed up with how we as Christians abuse the supernatural and honestly make a, just make it a mockery for our culture to kind of laugh at and, 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 and all that. I just don't, I really don't think that that was what was meant uh, when we're supposed to walk in power, which is we'll talk a whole lot more about that as we continue this podcast over the next several weeks and months, because we're going to talk about that. And 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 you can pray about this book that I'm supposed to be wrapping up, because this book that I'm supposed to be handing to my publisher here in about a month is going to be focused solely on how do we walk in, in in the intimacy of the Holy Spirit? How do we walk in the power, the activity of the Holy Spirit? How do we experience the person and the power. And so sometimes we abuse that power. And so a lot of times this passage, the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. I don't think this has anything to do with tongues. I really don't. I mean, I've done a pretty deep Greek study of this, and I just don't think it means that we speak in tongues because the Holy Spirit equips us and empowers us to speak in tongues, I, I just don't see that connection. I, I, I see that there's something happening. There is a groaning. And this word, this word groaning in the, in the Greek uh, does indeed mean uh, uh, this, this inexpressible, un, uh, can, cannot be understood in, on, with words. Can, and it even says it cannot be expressed in words. So we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in, in words. And, and I just wonder, and again, back to that Greek word of, of, of groaning, uh, it, it, there's this sense of intimacy. There's this sense, again, remember, Paul talks about childbirth at one point using this word uh, childbirth. And I think that, you know, I think that what we have to understand with this word groaning here is it's connected with weakness. Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. By the way, that Greek word "weakness" is disabilities. We are we we basically are disabled. We cannot we cannot understand. There's something we're disabled about. Now I think that I think that key is in verse 27. We're going to look at it here in just a few minutes. But the groanings here, this groaning, uh, it's a sighing. And again, I, I love the fact that um uh, 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 that Jesus. There's twice in Scripture that we see, and they're both in Mark where Jesus sighed. And it's really close to this word, stigamos, stigamos. And it's that Greek word that means, ugh. See, you hear that groan, but it's a sigh. Ugh. And I don't think that's speaking about tongues. I think it's this sense that here we are groaning for something. Remember, remember the shalosh, remember the three. Creation is groaning. Christians are groaning. And now the Holy Spirit Living within our spirit makes the connection while it's a divine groaning. It's this sense of that something's not right. What's not right? The death and decay. What's not right? Sin and separation. What's not right? This this brokenness that we live in. That's not right. Because we're longing for the resurrection. Creation is longing for the new world, the new heaven, new earth. We are longing for a new body. And now the Holy Spirit within us is longing with us in prayer. Wow. Incredible. And, and if you actually think about it, because uh, as we, we see in verse 27, look at verse 27. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. Do you understand this now this, you know, you're looking at parts of the Trinity now, the Father and the Spirit. For the Spirit pleads for us believers. By the way, that word is intercedes. Come on, think about this. Come on, think about this. Intercedes. Intercedes. We have the Holy Spirit in us interceding in prayer, and we have Jesus at the right hand of the Father interceding for us, according to Hebrews, right? Come on. I don't know. How, how, I, my, your prayer life, my prayer life, our prayer life should be outstanding. If we're relying on the intercession of the Holy Spirit and we're relying on the intercession of Jesus as he intercedes for us on, from, the, from the throne. But look at this. And the Spirit pleads for us, believers, or intercedes for us in harmony with God's own will. Ding, 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 ding 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 i think that's the key i don't think this has anything to do with tongues i think this has everything to do with this deep groaning that the holy spirit is connecting us to the will of the father we don't know the will of the father all the time and especially when pain and, and agony uh a, a, and this groaning takes over I, I will tell you when i was in such groaning agony on that night of the when the, those two nights really the 20 hours, 18 to 24 hours where I was in such incredible intense pain. I didn't know nothing. I know I know this. I was just groaning and you know what those groans meant to my wife? I'm in pain. Okay? Not a whole lot of translation was needed. But so many times in our prayer lives, I don't think I do think this has everything to do with our prayer lives. I don't know if it has to do with tongues. I really don't. And it's, this isn't just necessarily about that. I just want to encourage us to understand this, the beauty and, and, and one of the works of the Holy Spirit in our lives is to groan with us and connect us to the will of the Father. That's one of the beautiful works of the Holy Spirit. I'm not a singer. I love to sing. I love to sing. I'm not a singer. I sing in our choir at first service here at Firmish Chapel. And I don't, usually I just simply sing what I know to sing. I just sing what the piano plays. I just sing what song that I'm used to hearing. I sing, I guess, the melody, I guess. But every now and then, somebody will say, well, look at Pastor Tim. He's singing the harmony. I don't even know what I did. I don't even know what I did. I don't even know if I know what that means. But I've been hanging around singing for so long that every now and then, I guess I break into Harmony. You know what harmony does? It connects all the pieces. It connects things. Wow. I don't even know what I'm doing. Praise God, the Holy Spirit does. Because this is that beautiful word, harmony. The Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. I want to encourage us in our prayer lives. I want to encourage us in understanding who lives within us. I want to to encourage us that the very person of the Holy Spirit groans inside of us and groans along with us so we can be in harmony. Somebody say in harmony. In harmony with God's own will. I don't know about you all, that's that's incredible. I want to be in God's will. And sometimes I don't have a clue how to get there. But the Holy Spirit, who groans inside of me and groans alongside me, knows all too well. How? Because he is the very third person of the Trinity. Praise be to God, praise be to God, that the Holy Spirit groans in prayer as he intercedes for me and for you. Amen? Amen. Pastor Tim is the co-founder and teaching director of the Joshua Center, a leadership training ministry which provides deep biblical roots to great movements of God. He's also the senior pastor of Firmers Chapel, a country church by a creek, reaching 13 countries on four different continents for Jesus and his kingdom. Join us next time as we grow deeper in the person and the power.